0: Spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock podcast, and it's my honor today to have as my guest Amanda Enright. Um, Amanda's going to first. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself, so we can get to know you better, and then we want to hear about your racing story. How did you get started interested in motorsports? So tell us about yourself.
1: Um, A little about myself. I'm I'm married. I've been married for. 11 years this summer to my husband Sean. I've been with him for 17 years. We're kind of high school sweethearts, even though he's a few years older than me. Um, we have two kids Hallie, she's my daughter. She's 11, I'm sorry, 10. And we have our son Hudson, who was seven. Um, he just recently broke his arm. So we're we're learning to navigate life with a broken arm. <laughs> <That's not laughs> it happened like two days before the, the end of the school year. Um, my full my full-time job is a pharmacy technician. I've been one for twelve years now um, in a hospital setting. Um I do a lot of making IVs and delivering medications. that's That's my day job. That's what pays the bills. but uh, and I do a lot of fun stuff outside of that in racing. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit
0: about the racing part. Like how old were you when you got interested? Is it something your family has always been involved in?
1: Uh, yes and no, um, it's basically started when I was like maybe two years old. I want to say we lived in, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico and my, uh, my parents were into drag racing. So we'd go to the drag strip there and then we'd go hang out at the local, um, dirt track there and watch some dirt track racing and demolition racing. And my mom said I was just enamored with the cars from day one. And after that, we moved back up to, um, Minnesota North Dakota area and it just kind of continued my mom and dad kept taking me to the dirt track racing and my dad would work on various pit crews and so I got to watch cars from like day one and just I was excited about them and it just kind of kept growing and growing and growing over the years
0: so Amanda um in your family then who actually did anyone actually race or your family just enjoyed going and watching the races
1: uh, my dad did demolition derbies and he worked on race cars for many years. And then when I met my husband in high school, we continued to go to races as fans. And then he started actually working on a late model crew. And then he transferred to a sprint car crew. And that was probably 10 years ago. He started that. And then um, he worked on a sprint car for about seven years up until last year. And he moved on to a lightning sprint with one of our good friends. Okay. And in that process, I was just kind of the the wife that was along for the ride with two kids and then it turned into even more in the last two years. Where I started um, I started a racing blog to kind to to kinda of just kinda of get that excitement out of out at the end of the night, just kind of write what I saw, share recipes, what it's like with them um, on the road with sprint cars traveling all over the country. And then uh let's see. Last year I got a phone call from my good friend Jason and he says, Hey, I'm gonna start a lightning sprint group. Do you wanna help? Like, sure. So I thought here I'd just be taking care of points or something like that. Well, I started with doing points and catapulted into being their competition and safety director. And at the same time, in January of last year, I also accepted a position with um, NOSA, which is a Northern Outlaw Sprint Association, which is a 410 sprint car group, Um, doing the same thing, um, competition and safety director. And then I also accepted a position this summer at a racetrack doing scoring and lineups. So I spend probably four to five nights a week at a racetrack. Wow. That's a lot. And then my husband, my husband still works on a lightning sprint. So we're not together every night. We do end up traveling different ways and one takes one kid and one takes the other kid. (laughs) That's what I was just going to ask you. So
0: I I assume your kids, kids go along. So your kids are, are growing up around racing, just like you did.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my daughter Hallie's kind of become a mini me she kind of been helping me out with everything if we have we have three competition directors for the four tens, and sometimes um, one will be missing so she'll step in and help me out with checking cars or handing lineups to drivers getting the information they need she took a three or four day trip with me down to South Dakota and she was very vital to the weekend she helped out a lot. Well, that's awesome. So yeah so for those
0: who don't understand what a competition director does or what you have to do for the safety and that why don't you tell us what what kind of duties do you have.
1: Well, on the safety side of things I usually start my season with doing a initial tech inspection on cars and that's. Going through the cars to make sure that they have all the safety equipment, they need I have a tech sheet that I go through to check um, various things on wings. Their um, torsion bars. They're just, I have a, it's like 12 to 15 items I check on those cars. Same with the lightning sprints. I do an initial inspection. Then anytime they have an accident, there's a reinspection. Or if they get a new car. We have to inspect it too. That's the safety side of things. I also like meet with tracks to make sure they have the right fire extinguishers, the right safety equipment in order to have a sprint car there. Cause they kind of take a different safety equipment than a normal race car. Okay, um, as far as the competition side of things, uh, me and my other competition director, Steven, we end up contacting tracks to set up the order of events for the night where, where our cars are going to fit into it. So then we can communicate that to our drivers to let them know like, okay, Hey, there's six classes tonight. We're fourth in the lineup or whatever. Then to let them know how, and then we set, um, we take care of setting up the heat races. We set up taking care of the lineups for the future and then like, with their, um, both both my series I work with, we have what's called a redraw. So like after heats, we do a pill draw. So I'm in charge of that too. Um, basically, I'm the person that's in between the track and the driver, getting the information all, all night to them, okay. the middleman.
0: <laughs> so it sounds like the people that you do this for, they travel.
1: They don't just race at one track every week. Uh, no, we do travel quite often, actually, um, with both series. I say our lightning sprints don't really have a home track, they have a couple home tracks that they bounce back and forth between. But the the four do have a weekly track that we are at every Friday and then from Saturday, Sunday, we are anywhere and everywhere with, within the Midwest here. We've been hit Minnesota, South Dakota and North Dakota quite often. Okay, I was
0: just going to ask you then, like what, what tracks and what states do you typically go to, where could we find the series that you're in charge of?
1: um so we're, our main base for the 410s is um river city speedway which is in grand forks north dakota and then we travel south to fargo north dakota we do ada minnesota Jamestown, north dakota um brandon south dakota which is where houston is now houston speedway we just added jackson minnesota which had jackson speedway on it hartford with 890 or i-90 that was in south dakota um part Jefferson, which is in South Dakota as well. We got um my lightning sprints, so they kind of they stay kind of in the um glendon Minnesota area, Greenbush, Minnesota, and that uh, Devil's Lake, North Dakota, and then they also do um Fargo, North Dakota. So they all kind of race at the same track. Sometimes I end up with both series at the same track at the same time.
0: Well, That's that would be really list. confusing, wouldn't it?
1: It is, but I'm very lucky with uh, um 410 class to have two other competition directors that work with me. One has a kind of a busier life with farming, but then I have Steven, who's literally like, kind of like my race husband. We're always together. (laughs) We, uh, we work very well together. We're the kind of people that don't even have to talk on a race night. We just know, we just know what each other's thinking. We just know what to take care of. It's kind of nice to have a partner like that. We're with the lightning sprint. I'm kind of on my own with, um, the series owner, Jason, him, and I take care of a lot of that ourselves. The lightning sprints are pretty self-sufficient too.
0: Yeah. And, and I would guess that they're, you know, a lot of shows probably run kind of the same other than what order they're going to race in. So the drivers probably kind of know how the process goes. And, and so are you, are you in charge of when there's a wreck or something deciding who goes to the back or who was at fault? Or is that somebody else that takes care of that?
1: Um, uh, I'm part of that decision, but mainly I leave that up to Stephen because he'll be the one with the headset on upstairs that will be communicating
0: with okay. drivers.
1: Okay, but uh, I take care of anything that's back in the pits. I end up doing a lot of the teching after the races as well. That's the scaling, the tires, any other extra things you want to check for the night. So I don't really make it out into the track very often or in the infield. I try to keep myself in the back. so if there's issues and if they need like work area time, I'm back there for that, doing the officiating, that kind of stuff. Okay. Sometimes I'll end up in the infield helping the record decide where to hook up on a sprint car or whatnot, but I I tend to try to stay in the pit area so I can take care of those issues instead.
0: Okay. So now tell me more about your blog. Are you still writing your blog and where, where could we find that so that we can follow you and, and read what you're writing?
1: Um, I am still writing, but not, not as much as my blog. I actually took a writing job with a magazine that we started for the 410s this year, too. So my blogging kind of took a little bit of a slip, but um, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, Living the Dirt Life with Amanda. I haven't shared as much as I did in the past. I used to share a lot more of, like, recaps of race nights and whatnot. Now it's I'm in such a rush from going from track to track from race to race that I don't take the time. Where now I just kind of write. Or write about subjects. Um, my latest one was, um, called, uh, putting the puzzle pieces together. And it was kind of basically about how each person is a piece of the night of the puzzle piece. And you all have to work together in order to get the race night to work and kind of just kind of breaking down the puzzle from what the outer edge to the inside, uh, how it all works together. And then I, uh, just actually this week wrote one about social media and how to use it more positively in dirt track racism versus the negative. Cause we all know negative gets more attention than the positive
0: it sure does and it's sad and and not you know i would you would think that as adults they would understand that the negativity doesn't look well for them
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: the emotion takes over and they it does let their fingers do the talking and then later Mm -hmm. i think they're some of them are probably like oh i probably shouldn't have done that but then it's too late right and So that's a, that's a good reminder for everyone that keep it positive because, you know, we want new fans, don't we? We want people to come out and watch the sprints and the oval track and whatever it might be. And if they're reading negativity on Twitter or Facebook or wherever they might be reading it, why would they want to come out and be a part of it?
1: Exactly. That's, that's pretty much what I wrote about, trying, trying to keep it positive. I, I think one of the quotes I put in there is, um, before you hit the like or share button, think about is that going to help or hurt the sport? So is it really worth posting?
0: Right. Right. Very good. So do you go, do those cars go to like any like national races or are they pretty much stay in the Midwest where you mentioned?
1: Um, some of them do venture off to races in the wintertime because it's, you know, obviously cold up here. So they'll hit Arizona and Texas and whatnot. I haven't got the chance to do that yet. I'd like to go with them, but, um, a lot of my drivers with the 410 group, um, end up do racing. A lot of the world of outlaw shows that come up here. So that's kind of fun. Um, it's kind of cool. When I started working this, this year, we added Houston Speedway, which is in Brandon, South Dakota. And it's, it's kind of exciting to have it back. And, there's a lot of ex-World of Outlaw law drivers that drive that are part of that seri- that area. So it's kind of cool to meet these people that I used to like watch. in uh-huh. the World of Vault laws and now wow. I'm directing them. So it's like, it just comes full circle. It's kind of it cool. Does. To so meet what's them. your favorite
0: thing about what you do?
1: The people. All the people I meet. It's It's a variety of people and I love it. I've met so many friends over the years from racing that they're basically family now. Yeah. Yeah. And then doing this with my family, the fact that my kids and my husband share the same passion is the best part of it.
0: Yeah. Because it wouldn't work very well with it. If it was your passion and nobody else's, (laughs) that wouldn't work very well. Or if it was your husband's passion and you were home with the kids every weekend, that wouldn't work very well either. So you have, you have to find the common ground that, That everybody can enjoy and that's you know that's the important part that you'll have lots of memories for years to come of when you did this with your kids and so that's that's a good thing yeah so what where do you see yourself do you does this something that you think you'll continue to do for a while do you enjoy it enough that you want to keep doing this or do you see yourself doing something different
1: um, I see myself doing this for a while because I really enjoy doing it. Um, I think my like my ultimate goal at the end of this was to end up working at a certain racetrack, and now I work at that state, that certain racetrack. Like all my opportunities came within like a two-year span, that was kind of overwhelming. And now like the, the handling and organizing of it all has been fine and. I know at the end of the day, I think I'll probably just end up working for one track and one track only. But in the meantime, I'm just going to try to keep it going as long as I can. Okay. I just, I like, I like the travel. I like the meeting people and I just know that I'll have that track there eventually to just yeah. settle down at, but for now I get to work there every weekend. So it's still fun. <laughs> right, right. So
0: do you, do you ever get a chance to interact with like Um, moms or or people that say you know hey is this a good sport for my daughter to get into do you ever interact with them and if so what do you tell them
1: oh yes I do quite often I get a I got a couple women in the that race the cars in the series I'm involved in and I just promote those girls all the time I'm like yeah any anyone can do this you don't have you don't have to be a guy you don't have to be a girl it's just if you're passionate enough to do it you can do it and if I can help you get into the sport, I will I'll give you the answers, help you in any way I can. I would say yes. I would push the sport on anyone. Yeah, it because... can be dangerous. Go
0: ahead.
1: <laughs> Always. So it can be dangerous at times, but it's also, there's a lot of safety involved in it. So I would, yeah, yeah definitely 100% push the sport.
0: Yeah. Because in my, my experience and I, I don't have, um, a lot of sprint car races around me. They come maybe once to a track here or there as a special event. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I have gone, there haven't been any women drivers. And, and then, um, I did go out to, um, Oh shoot. I was trying to think it was in Burlington, West Burlington, Iowa. I went to that track. And McKenna Hassey was racing there and so she but she was the only girl and and you know, I know she races in Knoxville and things a lot, but um, there's not as many girls but now they're starting I see the younger ones to come around a little bit um, more Mm -hmm. into the sprint cars because I'd like to see more girls race in sprint in the sprint car divisions.
1: I would too. I mean, just like, just for like myself being in the position I'm in, there's not very many women that do what I do. Um, I took over for my best friend. She, she was, did this before me and there really isn't a lot of women behind the scenes running these kinds of series and stuff. And so it's, I run into a lot of that being a male dominated thing. So, but I've been, I mean, for the most part, I've been pretty respect, respected by males when it comes to this, but uh sometimes I kind of get that like oh they think I'm a woman so I don't know what I'm doing type feeling. <laughs> but I have I it is nice to see more and more women deciding to jump into a sprint car. Yeah. And um it's great. I hope well, it continues.
0: And, and not just even be the driver, but like you said, there's a lot of things they can do behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. they could be a flagger. They could be a a time you know score or whatever there's lots of jobs that anybody Mm -hmm. could do and whether you're a man or a woman and we just have to get the word out there to these women if they enjoy racing get involved be part of the show instead of just watching the show
1: that's exactly what i did i used to just watch and now i think i have more fun being a part of it than i did just watching because now i I know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not yeah. just questioning. Well, I wonder yeah. why they pulled off. I wonder why they did this. Well, now I know. Yeah. And, and in the same retrospect, sometimes I do just miss being in the stands and not knowing and just not cheering them on. responsibility. Just
0: one night, yeah. just sit in the stands and just enjoy the race. <laughs> yeah.
1: I do make it a vow to do that every once in a while. Every, every year, I at least do two or three World of All Law, Law races where I just go to watch, and that's it. OK. I'll take All right. a random night I'll be okay. track I've never been to and just just be a fan. Okay. So have you, you got
0: Knoxville to watch the the I have
1: that is on my bucket list big time to get there. And it's not even that far from where I live. So
0: yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun to go. Yeah, my friend Lori Cutter I actually moved from Arizona to Pella, Iowa. She's huge in the sprint car. You know, she's a big sprint car person and she helps Mm -hmm. drivers, um, with like social media marketing, you know, getting sponsors, that kind of thing. And, um, we're trying to work out a time for me to get to Knoxville this summer to check that out because I haven't ever been there either. And I want to go there and watch. And so, um, we're trying to figure that out how I, when I'm going to get there and that, but, but that's on my bucket list too, to, to get there, to watch. And I grew up in West central Illinois. And knoxville was really not that far from where i lived a few hours but um i'm gonna get there hopefully this summer so that i can i can watch those yeah so so are there any other tracks that you have on your bucket list that you'd like to go to to watch the races or maybe be a part of the racing
1: uh yes i've got quite a few actually um cedar lake which is in wisconsin which isn't very far from me i'd like to go there just to watch late models just to see late models it's like a dream of mine um eldora is on my list um knoxville is on my list obviously attica port royal and williams grove um there's there's a few nascar races i'd like to hit i've been to a couple in my life that's that's an experience i don't think i've watched a nascar race on tv since I've actually been to one Mm-hmm. It's just so different. I feel yeah. like i was spoiled, and like going to get to watch it in real life and then like to watch it on TV is just entirely different. Yeah. Well,
0: I think that's true of any kind of racing. Um, over the weekend, I was in Texas. My granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter lives in Texas, her and her boyfriend. And and so she asked me if I'd come down the weekend of the NASCAR race. So I went last week and on Friday night, we went to the Texas Motor Speedway dirt track and we watched some sprint cars, some modifieds, and they called them late models. But in my world, they would be sports runner street stocks. And they yeah, had they, neither yeah. one ever been to a dirt track. And, <laughs> and so her boyfriend was really like asking me a lot of questions because he was learning about racing for you know the first time. And he said, well, on TV, it's not this exciting. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> And then the next day we went to um the we went to the Xfinity and truck race because oh, it was like a double header and it was 90 something in the sun. We were in the sun and the feels like temperature was like 107 and it, it was really, really hot. But um again, they had not been to a NASCAR race and they they were just asking questions and I've got there's we have two new fans now of racing because being there and hearing and smelling and seeing and all that, even though it was so miserably hot they still both absolutely loved it. And so don't we know that we just have to get somebody to the track one time and we're going to make them a fan for life probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. So Amanda tell me, um, you know, social media is a big deal. Do you um do you promote your series and things on social media or
1: does somebody else have that job? Uh it we actually have a promoter for um the the Forten group, the NOSA group, Mike Speaker. He does all our promoting and he does a bang up job of it. Um and then Steven helps him with that. So
0: Amanda, what would you say is the most important thing that a sprint car driver could do, or really any driver? to promote themselves or get those fans to the track you know we talked about we want more fans what can those drivers do
1: um well i guess like on their social media um i've seen a lot of them have been sharing gopro videos of their driving or videos from the track like just pump it up make it exciting just you know share 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 I don't, i'm a big proprietor if you can't overshare you know, just get, get that positive light out there. Show everyone what it's about. I mean, you can show your passion to everyone, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: as a, as a woman, you know, race director, and you're in charge of safety in that, what do you think will be your, like, legacy when you, you know, when you look back and someday you retire from this, what do you want people to say or think about, how did you impact the sport or help other women get involved?
1: Um, that's a good question. I've never really, I haven't really thought about that. Um, I guess I want to remember, be remembered for putting on good shows, being um, respectful to everyone, working well with everyone, um, keeping my drivers safe. Um, as far as like an impact as far as women go is just just be remembered as that woman who made differences who made changes who brought more to the to the table than someone else said I don't know, just <laughs> the spreading spreading my passion out there just just you know I think everyone knows I'm a huge race fanatic in my area and I think I'll always be remembered as that person the woman that was always pushing the racing and trying to grow the sport as much as I possibly can
0: and that's a good thing to be remembered for because that's that's what we need to be doing we need to be getting more people to the track and and spreading the word about how fun it is so um do you have a favorite sprint car driver
1: uh yes Uh, locally my favorite sprint car driver is bobby martin he's uh he is the reason I got into sprint cars. Um, I remember watching him when I was a real little kid building his sprint car, then going to the track and seeing him. And um, that was like back in the early 90s. And he still races. <laughs> he is still, its uh, I came full circle. He was my idol, my hero, my everything. And now I get to direct him every week. So that's great. Um, I'll forever be grateful to Jade Hastings because that's the crew that my husband worked on. And he's... He's the reason I got back into following sprint cars around is because well, my husband was there, so I'm gonna follow him around, and he became family. And, and uh, as far as Dale Sr. will always be, always be my favorite driver. Yeah. Um, and for in Dale, Dale Jr. too. Um, I'm uh, I'm big on uh, Sheldon Hahn, there with the World of Outlaws. He's a uh, me and my son share a a love for that guy. We <laughs> just think he's the coolest we both we both haven't got to meet him yet so we're hoping we can this summer okay (laughs) it's on our bucket list (laughs) yeah
0: well that sounds great so i i I was thinking you might see carl larson but i didn't hear that so
1: i did get to watch him last year he did come to grand forks that was kind of cool to see him race that was exciting yeah He's, he's something else that guy just amazing what he can do with anything i think you could put him on a lawnmower and he'd win jeez i do too I, too. And he's, I
0: like I like that he's having a great
1: a great year. I just I it's think good that, to see him back. Having it. Yes, it, I mean he had a good it, year last year too. Oh, yeah. I mean despite despite the NASCAR stuff, he still had he did and he he was great, really great to dirt track racing because he brought that spotlight back to back to mm-hmm. dirt track racing. Yeah, like he people did.
0: didn't he, realize, he did.
1: realize how it, some people not, not even know when it was there until they saw him yeah. out there racing on the on the track. Yeah, he, he
0: does a lot for, I think, all the sports. And I, I think sometimes we have to go through some adversity to come out on the other side and shine. And he's definitely shining this year. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch him race. So, Amanda, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share or um, remind us where we can read your articles so we can go back and read those? And and then uh, how do we find the schedule for the uh races that you direct?
1: Um well I my blog is Living the Dirt Life with Amanda on Facebook. Um you can find the 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 nosa Sprints at Nosasprints.com. You can find our schedule there. And then um for Minkota, it's uh Mincota Lightning Sprints on Facebook. You just type in Mincota Lightning Sprints and there it is. Um I think that's about it. Okay. I guess, um and I guess I just want to add that I think it's wonderful that as a woman in motorsports, I get to add this on, or help my daughter, who's 10 years old, grow into it already. She said she looks forward to one day doing what I'm doing, but she's already doing it. She's already part of it. She's at the racetrack every weekend. She's helping me out. She can tech a sprint car like it's nothing. She can tell you what should be on the right rear, the left rear, what the car should weigh, what size of the wicker bill should be. The girl knows everything. She's 10. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, really I think amazing. it's great. And she's
0: then my son's to... learning. Yeah.
1: My son's learning how to do lineups and scoring too. He hangs out in the booth with us. So that's kind of cool too, that he's learning that stuff.
0: Yeah, and you know, who knows? at some point, she might be traveling with the World of Outlaws someday, doing it for them or who knows, because starting that young, she's going to be a little expert here pretty soon if she's not already. <laughs> She could take over my
1: job probably very easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, be careful, Amanda.
1: <laughs> I should. out might be out of a job soon. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, she still can't drive, so she'd have to take have you take her. So you're, True. you're she, safe there, and safe for at least five more
1: years. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you today and learning about what you do with the sprint cars and the series and everything, because, like you said, there's not not very many women if any others besides you doing that and it's it's good to show women that they can become involved and they don't have to be the driver they can do other things to be a part of the the race team or the track or the series whatever it might be and enjoy the racing and have it it's in your blood it just gets in your blood doesn't it it sure does and you just can't explain that to people unless unless they experience it themselves so well, Amanda, any last words that you would like to have for us before we say goodbye?
1: Uh, go to your local racetrack and bring a friend with you. Good advice. Good <laughs> advice. Awesome. Well, thanks for
0: being with me today. I really appreciate it. And hopefully you have a good rest of the season.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMANation at gmail.com.